Anatomy of Energy. Hey everybody, Dr. Rick here. Welcome to Anatomy of Energy podcast. Welcome to a podcast that is based on people's experiences with addictions. Most episodes are interview-based, so sit back and enjoy Dr. Ricky J. Colmer, PhD, LAC's newest podcast, AOE, Anatomy of Energy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, Dr. Rick. Welcome back. Thankfully, there's some good news regarding the use of fentanyl. A research company located in Texas has developed a vaccine that blocks the euphoric effect of this lethal drug. It was created to help prevent relapse. It is still undergoing tests for approval, but is very promising. The next step is to discover a vaccine or prescription to help those who are currently using heroin or drugs laced with fentanyl. I personally feel that it might be a good idea to offer the homeless the new vaccine and or a new anti-drug prescription without cost. It could be administered similar to the COVID-19 vaccine. As we look back on part one of episode five, we learn a great deal regarding heroin addiction. It is a very serious problem for everyone involved, especially when we learn that even a near-death experience does not deter an addict. Not to mention a large amount of crimes that are being committed related to drug addiction. It is absolutely critical that we as a world of nations discover some form of medication to block the use of drugs at all levels of addiction, not just in the case of preventing relapse. Episode 6, or part 2 of episode 5, is going to be interesting as it becomes a great challenge for Stephanie and those around her, including myself. The battle of trying to distance herself from heroin becomes very intense. Unfortunately, the results aren't always what we had hoped for. Ladies and gentlemen, Please welcome Stephanie to part two of episode five. Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thank you. It's pretty cold out there today, huh? Yeah, it's pretty cold. Okay, so we're on part two of 2015, and this is when I actually found out that you were doing heroin. I had heard that you were doing drugs, and I wasn't sure, but I did suspect it, and uh This is when you actually told me, so can you kind of elaborate on that and tell us something about it? Yeah, I was pretty nervous to let you know that I was using heavy drugs because, you know, you don't want to let your family down and your loved ones. And I told you, but it was a, a big relief for me because you've been supportive from the start. I remember being very supportive when I actually found out, and I, um eventually had you go to the hospital in Racine where you stayed for how long? A week. Yeah, what was that like? It was interesting. I mean, it was a time that I had gotten clean from, you know, relapsing beforehand. But it just was um, different, very depressing. And then after the week, uh, who picked you up? My two brothers did. My oldest brother was home from boot camp from the Army, and then my younger brother, who's also in the Marine Corps, they picked me up. Okay, and then um, where did you stay? When I got out, I went to a friend's house um, in Kenosha. 
Okay, and you were clean for a while, correct? Yes. And she lived down by the lake, right? Right. And so you eventually relapsed while you were living there, didn't you? Yes, I did. Okay, and how did that happen? That happened by just having the desire to still use, not wanting to get clean, like, completely yet. Okay, and who did who were you with when you actually relapsed? I'm by myself that time. Okay, so then I think um, you were high, and, and you did go to some other type of clinic, right? I did. For Suboxone or something like that? Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, the Suboxone clinic I went to was in Racine, and I wasn't um, aware of how addictive Suboxone actually is as well. At least in my case, it was for me. Did it help you with the heroin or no? It did. It No, it just kept me off of heroin and kept me high on the Suboxone. Okay, because I had heard some people say they become very addicted to the Suboxone. Is that true? Yes, it's very addictive. Okay, so then you were doing the Suboxone, but you obviously went back to the heroin, correct? Yes. And then... You were doing that for a while, and you ended up going to a place called Rogers, which was up north in Wisconsin, correct? Yes, it was in Oconomowoc. Oh, in Oconomowoc. And how long did you stay there? About two weeks. Yeah, and how come you didn't stay longer? Because I know they have long-term programs. They do. Um, My insurance wasn't covering the stay. Okay, and how did you feel after that? I felt really good. Rogers and Oconomowoc, excuse me, was is a very good hospital. It, um, they're very supportive people. They actually give you the help that you're looking for. Okay, were you kind of locked up in there? Or was no, it? It, you didn't have uh, that feeling like you did in St. Luke's in Racine. Because I, I know when I went to see you, I was brought in a separate room. And had to wait because of security measures in order to see you. And I was just wondering if they kept you people, like, locked up in there. But apparently not. After Rogers, what happened then? You moved to Kenosha? I, I came, yep. I, after Rogers, I was still in Kenosha. I was still, um, I had nowhere else to go at this point. So I decided to pick up and go up to Oshkosh. And where did you stay in Oshkosh? At first, I stayed in a homeless shelter up there that they have that's really nice. They helped me quite a bit. And then after that, I had stayed with somebody that I had met up there. The homeless shelter, wasn't that a church shelter, if I remember? It is. Okay, what what type of church was it, do you know? Um, I believe it was had to be Catholic because they had nuns. And then they had a program, they fed you and yep. helped you out and kept you out of the cold because I think it was wintertime then, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, very cold. It was around Thanksgiving, actually. And then you stayed up north for about how long with this person you lived with? I stayed I stayed with the person for three months, but I was up north for probably about five. Why did you leave or move out from that person? It's not that this person was a drug addict because they weren't. They were highly against drugs and pretty straight-laced. I just wasn't feeling the vibe. His ex-girlfriend was kind of crazy and jealous, and I just didn't want to be involved with drama like that. And then you ended up moving back to Kenosha, right? Right. And then um, I, I guess maybe when you were back in Kenosha, you 
probably relapsed, right? I did. Because okay. I didn't get clean until September um, 2016. Okay, so, yeah, that was down the road a bit. So when you right. relapsed, who were you with when you relapsed? At that time, my ex-husband. Okay, and what was the reason for doing the heroin with him? Do you know? or He was pretty influential on me at the time. I was young and naive, and just if I was drug sick... You know, he could get the drugs easily, more easier than I could. Okay, and what is drug sick? Because a lot of people don't know what that means. What is what? Drug sick. A lot of people don't know what that means. Um, Where you're physically withdrawing off of opiates or even stimulants, you can. It's just your body goes through some type of shock. So does that happen to everyone? I believe so. They get drug sick. Yes. No matter what. So did you get drug sick while you were in rehab too? And Yes, I was in the beginning, but they give you medication. Do you know what they gave you or have mm, any idea? I don't remember. Okay, but it kept you from being drug sick. Right, it did. Okay. And it and helped me sleep. They gave me something for that. And then if you're on normal medications, they make sure you get your antidepressant or anxiety medication, whatever the case may be. Okay, so going back again to Rogers up north, um, what exactly did they do during the rehab to help you? Do you recall? I do a little bit. They um, A lot of their programs were like art therapy, music therapy. Um, the counselors up there were great. The psychologist was great. So on a daily basis, you do some artwork and then see a counselor or kind of give kind of what happened? Yeah, majority of the time I slept and then I'd get up and eventually start eating a little bit. And then one day for group, they may have art with music and you just listen to music and you draw. It's very therapeutic, by the way. And then um, or you could do other things like yoga they would have and some days, you know, you talk to your counselors and you have all the emotional support with other people that are there as well. Okay, so it's kind of like you have team meetings and group meetings and right. with different psychologists, psychiatrists, I suppose. And, and they fed you like three meals a day or what did they do? Yeah, they did. They fed you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you had your own room or did you share yes. a room? No, we had our own rooms. Okay, so that sounds like it was a, a good place. Yes, it's nice really place. it's really nice in there. And you, when you yeah. have your own room, you have a nice shower and a bathroom. Oh, nice. And I, I'm kind of surprised that after you left there that within six months you had relapsed and you were back to doing drugs. So I guess it has absolutely nothing to do with Rogers. It just has to do with the fact that you went back to your husband who influenced you from the start. Exactly. I was just going to say it was who I put myself around. How about the person you stayed with down by the lake that you mentioned earlier? Was she doing drugs? She, no, she was not. She just wasn't judgmental. So if I was at her house and strung out, it didn't, she didn't care. Or if I was at her house sober, she didn't care. She's just that type of person. Okay, kind of uh, give us a, an idea what strung out means, because there's people who don't know what that is. In my eyes, you have no empathy for anybody. You will do what it takes to get money for drugs. You will steal. You will lie. 
You will con people, whatever the case may be, just so you can get your next fix. Okay, I think I'm going to close this episode now because we'll do the last part of 2015 where you became pregnant and what you went through because you were doing drugs while you were pregnant and what transpired after that and all the ups and downs that you went through in 2016 until September when you finally became clean and during that time, my involvement, which was a lot. We'll see you in the next episode. Sounds good. See you then. 2015 was a whirlwind for everyone involved. Before I begin discussing my involvement, I would like to thank St. Luke's and Racine and Rogers in Oconomowoc. I was especially impressed with Rogers Rehab Center. Unfortunately, hospitals don't have the capacity or resources to do the level of rehab that is required in heroin addiction. They do, however, help the addict get clean for a short period of time. In my opinion, Rogers Rehab Center is without a doubt one of the best, not only in the area, but in the country as well. I believe that if Stephanie could have stayed the required time, she would have been a lot more successful. In regard to how I felt when I discovered Stephanie was a heroin addict, it is difficult to share, especially for those who have no idea what it's like to hear such devastating news. The first thing that went through my mind was that she was going to die from this drug. We usually hear that there are only two ways out, in prison or dead. My next thought was, how do we get her the help she needs? My involvement became intense, but nothing like it was in the future, which we will get to in later episodes. I knew we had to do something, and the first step was to get her to the hospital, see if they could get her clean enough to communicate with her. Being around an addict is nothing like being around a normal or straight person. Believe me, it can be very challenging. After the hospital, our communications were good, and I actually thought we had control of the situation. But drugs are very powerful, and they took hold again. Addicts are easily swayed, and in her case, her husband had a hand in her relapse. The Rogers visit was a blessing at the time. Unfortunately, it was very expensive to receive the rehab necessary, and we as a family couldn't come up with the funds required. The Suboxone Clinic actually made things worse in her case. It was a very sad time in all of our lives, to say the least. Please know that dealing with someone who is an addict is very difficult emotionally. I was supportive, and yet I felt helpless at this particular time. This next episode will complete the year 2015 and take us into 2016, and the steps we took to increase her chances of success. There will be an episode dedicated to what I did as a father and a doctor to help her come clean. Hopefully, we will have better equipment for those episodes to help the episodes move more smoothly. Have a happy and safe holiday season. Thanks for tuning in to AOE. If you'd like to make a donation, you can send check or money order to Ricky J. Colmer at 33 North Waukegan Road, Suite 4, Lake Bluff, Illinois, 60044. Make sure you tune in to each episode as there may be some information that can help save you or a loved one. If you have any questions, feel free to email aoe.anatomyofenergy at gmail.com. Thanks and have a happy and healthy day.